Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. Called my mum. And I said, Mum, Dwayne's been stabbed. I remember saying, oh, no. Back in April, this Crime Stoppers campaign launched as the Met Police recognised knife crime in London is on the rise again. She didn't see what I saw. His hand was just hanging so lifeless. When I saw that, I knew he wasn't going to make it. I knew he wasn't going to make it. We're now into July. The city has seen 22 of its teenagers meet violent death. 20 of them were stabbed. The worst year ever for young deaths in London was 2008, when 29 were recorded. Campaigners fear this year will inevitably pass that. The Evening Standards Investigations editor David Cohen's been looking into the problem and you can read his work in the newspaper and online. He's with me now. And David, from your research, do we know why knife crime is rising? To that end, I spoke to about a dozen what they call detached youth workers. These are young people on the front line working with, um, with, with youths who are vulnerable, disadvantaged youths. So, so the first thing they said to us is, during lockdown, the beefs, the feuds never went away. They just went online and they got burnished online. And when London opened up uh, and people who had been um, uh, enemies online bumped into each other or saw each other on the street, things got w- w- seemed to go worse than ever. I mean, they talked about a perfect storm because we've got a combination of new factors and then the old uh, fault lines that were present before, often uh, due to austerity, and these coalescing to produce a a, a toxic package. And so what you have is um, delays to, to mental health services. Young people seeking mental health support now face eight-month delays. But this isn't a new problem, David. Haven't there been lots of initiatives to try and bring knife crime down in London and elsewhere? The government uh, have been commended. They set up a 200 million youth endowment fund to put into organisations tackling violent crime. That's over 10 years. However, this has to be set against the fact that in the last 10 years or so, 750 youth centres have had to close because of starvation of government and local authority funding, all the government money, over 90% has gone into the National Citizen Service, which was um, a Tory flagship project, which mainly targets 
children who are not on free school meals. And so a, a tiny percentage of the whole budget, the youth budget, went to charities tackling vulnerable youths on the front line. And all these, with these youth centers and boxing clubs closing, there was a reduction of safe spaces for young people to go into. But what about the policing response, David? So we've had police cuts, and sometimes, the, in, in most cases, the, the cuts have fallen on safer neighborhood teams and school officers who were attached to schools. And of course, these are the officers uh, who do the social glue, who do the, the positive community relations, and for which police officers very seldom, if ever, get commendations. Of course, they get commended for arrests and, and, and things like that as well they should. No, nobody is saying, or everybody's recognizing what a tough job the police have, but also saying that, um, you know, you cannot stop and search your way out of this. And for every 10 stop and searches, maybe two are successful, which means you've further alienated eight people. And young black people are 19 times as likely to be stopped and searched as a young white person. And something else you've been campaigning on recently is the relationship between exclusions, pupils being taken out of classroom environments, and knife crime. Is that also adding to this problem? A 70% rise in permanent exclusions has been linked to rising knife crime and uh, young people being groomed into county line gangs. So one of these youth workers said it was so frightening. One young person they're working with quite successfully had a lot of problems, but within six months of being excluded, they were dead. And um, so it had gone from a situation difficult, but with promise to a, a, a dead teenager. And, and each, each of these dead teenagers is, is, is not only, a, it's a huge tragedy, of course, for the family, but it's a stain on our capital of, you know, it used to be that when Damalola Taylor was killed, I think 21 odd years ago, this was front page news. Now we've had 22 young people killed on the streets of London. It's no longer front page news every time. Today, the front page news is that a seven-year-old brought a knife into school. And what's, what's so upsetting about it is that the charity that was called in by the head teacher to provide mentoring for the seven-year-old who said he wanted to stab uh, another young kid at the after-school club. Uh, this charity called Lives Not Knives say that they have been called by at least two or three head teachers a month, um, asking them to come and deal with uh, major knife incidents that involve children as young as seven and eight. We've had 22 teenagers suffer violent deaths, 20 of them through stabbings. Is this going to be another record year for our young people being murdered? So we haven't even begun the summer. This is the traditionally the worst time for youth violence. Hence the worry that we could be facing the worst year since records began. But obviously, we hope we don't get there. But that is the concern, David. So if we are to stop us having this record year, what has to happen immediately then? Whew, that's a difficult one. I mean, the, the solutions clearly flow from the, di di the diagnosis of the problems. 
And one of the things that was said to me, which I thought makes uh, a lot of sense, is that just like young people get sex education in school, so we now probably need to start introducing education about youth violence. Um, for a seven or eight-year-old to bring a knife into school, they clearly don't really understand the consequences. And for them, the worry is that by the time they are in their early teens, they get desensitized. I have to say that that story of the seven or eight-year-old coming into schools is possibly not a, 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 a situation that currently exists throughout London. There are some boroughs that are worse than others. But what, what I am hearing that is that throughout London, it has got younger and younger, and it's young teens of 13 and 14 that are most at risk. And, you know, one of the things that I just cannot understand is how the government puts 90% of its funding into the National Citizen Service, which does a three-week summer program. That's at three weeks with mainly middle and low-income families. I think about, you know, less than 20% of them will be on free school meals. And 10% of the budget is going to the charities that really tackle the really hard to reach kids. Now that is giving a message to those kids, your lives don't matter. And if children feel there is no hope and their lives don't matter, what, young, what youth workers are saying is that if, there, if they feel there is no hope, they act with more recklessness in the present. So we've got to give them a, a sense of a future if we want to protect the present. You can read more from David's investigation in the newspaper and at standard.co.uk. And that's the Leader Podcast. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.